Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Hey, welcome back, everybody. February edition of the CBA Grain Exchange. I'm your host, Luke Beckman, uh, joining you from a pretty frigid uh, Midwest today. Looks like a pretty cold week out there. Hope everybody's staying safe. Uh, I know a lot of livestock people battling the cold weather here this week. We've got Reed Stolpe on the CVA Grain Exchange this week. Reed's a grain specialist for us up at the Royal in Bow Valley locations. Reed, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Thank you, Luke. It's uh, nice to uh, join you today. Well, Reed, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, Luke, I grew up in Northeast Nebraska. Um, we had a grain farm and a livestock farm, um, milk cows and stuff like that. So I know what it's like to be out there on the farm and uh, taking care of livestock when it's nice and cold like this today. I started a commodity business with Midwest Futures in Norfolk probably 13, 14 years ago. Um, I have my Series 3 license and Series 7 license. Um, I enjoyed working with uh, people with the markets and there's always something going on with the market every day. And uh, then I had an opportunity to come to CBA and I thought that was a real win-win situation because not every farmer wants to uh, work in the market or deal with the market, but they have to market their grain at some point. So it's a combination of uh, some the board and I get to work with farmers. So I thought this was a really win-win situation for me. Yeah, you bet. I really kind of uh, full circle, you know, we get to touch uh, physical bushels and, and trade physical bushels being part of the supply chain, uh, you know, at the cooperative level, uh, as well as deal with the markets, of course. But, you know, in that vein, Reed, you know, what's something that attracted you to CBA's green business? I really like the, uh, you know, the customers are number one. I like the cooperative spirit. We're here to help the farmers and uh, we're helping them market their crane. Plus we're trying to get the grain um, exported out of the country. So um, hopefully we have higher prices for our farmers and we um, work with the agronomy side and the grain side of it. So it's a full circle. That's why I like the best about the cooperative spirit working with CBA here with farmers. Yeah, really seeing both ends of that and kind of on the input side of the business as well as uh, the grain marketing side, ultimately when those producers price and deliver their grain, uh, really gives us a comprehensive view of, you know, profitability on the farm. Uh, it's kind of a unique thing about what's going on uh, at the co-op. Well, good, Reed, glad to have you today. If you're a first time listener, kind of what we do here is pull in different people from uh, our team. Uh, at CVA, merchandisers, grain specialists, uh, senior staff, and uh, kind of get their take on the USDA numbers each month that they come out uh, and throw in a few other things as well. So uh, today was the February WASD report. Uh, this one's typically not a, a real exciting report. It's, it's a month removed from the big January numbers, uh, kind of sandwiched between that and uh, the March uh, stocks reports and, and planning intentions. So February, usually not exciting. Market was kind of cranked up today going in, really expecting that we were going to see 
you know, tightening U.S. stocks, uh, really on expanded export demand. So that was the way the market was leaning going in. We were higher, uh, you know, going into the report, but uh, we'll just dive into the numbers here. Corn today, uh, market was kind of looking for a 200 million bushel adjustment to export demand. If you remember in January, uh, USDA had actually trimmed export demand by 100 million, in addition to a few of the other demand items, really just to keep things manageable after the big production cut. But uh, the bulls were disappointed today. Export demand was adjusted higher, but only by 50 million bushels, uh, not the 150 to 200 million bushel increase that folks were looking for. Uh, so ending stocks go down by 50 million from 1.552 billion to 1.502 billion. Uh, average farm price has raised a dime from 420 to 430. Other than that, no changes to the domestic balance sheet. Stocks to use ratio goes from 10.65% to 10.27%. So overall, a tightening situation, not to the degree that the bulls wanted. So corn did react negatively after the numbers came out, was down as much as 14 at one point, and ultimately comes back and finishes seven to eight lower uh, in your old crop months. On the world front, no major adjustments there. Uh, kind of the noteworthy thing actually for the entire report today was the USDA acknowledging the corn import number for China. They go from 17 and a half million metric tons up to 24. Uh, that number is certainly more palatable considering that the US alone accounts for about 20 million metric tons of that number. Uh, that was really the big adjustment. No big adjustments to South American crops. Uh, those numbers unchanged all the way across the board for your big hitters, Argentina, Brazil, uh, and the former Soviet Union. So nothing big in the corn numbers today, but Reed, you know, what stuck out to you, what stood out to you, excuse me, uh, in today's numbers? Well, look, I was kind of surprised, I think, along with everybody else that uh, we didn't to lower the carry out on corn. I think your way was uh, very bullish and they thought those numbers should be lower. So we should be really pushing higher in the corn market. So I think that part was just a little bit of a surprise uh, for everybody. Like you said, we we're down 14, but uh, uh, then we came back a little bit, gained half of it back there. So um, I think it's gonna be very interesting uh, going forward. Um, what those numbers and what the USDA has to say. And when we look at planting intentions in March. Yeah, and you know, that's kind of the thing, Reed. That's that's really your next key input uh, is those acreage numbers, you know, that the USDA is gonna give us at the end of March. Don't forget, we've got the February outlook form at the end of this month, uh, where USDA does kind of give us their indication for where acres fall this year. Uh, no survey-based data goes into that. so. Uh, we'll see what the USDA is thinking for acres. We'd expect them to be up, obviously, for both commodities, uh, given current prices. And we've got the February insurance period going on as well. So uh, pretty good levels that are slowly getting priced in uh, every day. So we're kind of in that period, read where we, we got a report that wasn't super bullish. Um, you know, we're kind of a, probably a month away from some more key information around acres your opinion, what does this mean for price direction here for the next few weeks? I think we're going to do some side chopping um, with the market. Um, maybe we can push a little bit higher because they are talking about it being dry and stuff like that. Uh, I think if you had some old crop, I mean, there's still very profitable levels uh, for a producer and, uh, you know, put in your open orders. And uh, if it rallies in the overnight, um, get hit and be thankful that uh, you got a pretty good price for it. It helps your average. 
Yeah, you know, kind of keeping things simple, really. You know, we made new highs this week in uh, the old crop corn. Uh, March futures traded as high today as 574 and a quarter, you know, before we peeled back. So kind of want to see if we can hold on to this momentum. Today was a little bit of a bucket of cold water that the USDA threw on uh, price action. So if we kind of stall here, we make new highs, ultimately finish the week lower from a technical sign that would not set up real well on the charts. And, and we could certainly be setting ourselves up for a bit of a correction here in corn. But uh, wanna pay attention to South America as well. Uh, kind of a slow soybean planting pace uh, that impacts that second crop corn going in the ground. So we wanna keep an eye on that as well. But let's pivot to beans here, Reed. Appreciate your thoughts on the corn. Beans is kind of like Groundhog Day here, though. Uh, not not as many, uh, not a lot of adjustments there either, although we are pretty close to in line with what folks were thinking going in. Uh, we saw a 20 million bushel bump to the uh, export number today. That's up to 2.250 billion. Uh, so the carryout comes down by a like amount. So we're down to 120 million bushels. On the soybean carryout, that stocks to use ratio goes from 3.08% to 2.63%. So crazy tight situation on beans. Really don't see that situation changing uh, for the balance of the old crop marketing year. We really need to solve for, um, you know, really an export number that probably continues to go up. So crush demand is either going to have to go down or we're going to have to start importing some more beans. But read, uh, and then no, no adjustments on the Global side today, uh, really a pretty quiet report on beans. Reed, what were your thoughts, uh, key takeaways on the on the soybean side? On beans, I think uh, they came right in like everybody was expecting. Um, if you think back a year ago, what the prices of beans were and uh, why we we're gonna plant beans. And I think then when you have the rebound here this fall, um, people, when they started making some money, they're getting closer to making money, they started selling them. And uh, I think when you look for people, hey, um, do you have old crop beans? Um, they're hard to find out there. There are a few here and there, but uh, I think farmers uh, decided, hey, beans were more profitable or at profitable levels. So I'm going to sell them. I'm not going to store them. And the corn was good and it was very dry, so it should store really good. So I filled up my bins full of corn and sold the beans. So I think that's a very realistic numbers. I mean, just, yeah, it is. It's, it's really tight. We're going to have to get into kind of a price rationing environment. And, you know, when you look at uh, price action here over the last 30 days in beans, we mentioned corn made new highs today. Yeah, beans did not. We haven't made highs in beans. Uh, those highs on the charts back from January 15th, uh, right in there in the middle of the month uh, following the, the January 12th reports. So beans have kind of been recovering from that big hit they took, you know, in, in January. And technically, they look a little better read here. You know, following the report, they managed to finish uh, higher today, up 14 in the March, up 12 and three quarters in the May. So uh, maybe beans and corn uh, encountering a little bit of spread activity too as we look at the next two weeks. But kind of what's your expectation here, Reed, um, the next couple weeks in beans? I think with the market movement today where we had uh, um, higher numbers on corn and so originally out of the gate, uh, corn dropped and I think the beans slid with it. But then it, when we finished out the day and we're um, higher on the bean market, I think beans will continue to push a little bit higher um, 
as we go through um, the next couple of weeks here. Um, we got until we get to the planning intention report because they're talking about a lot of acres that we're going to be planning then and uh, uh, weather issues and, and I think too um, if uh, how harvest is going in South America. So if they start to pick up pace down in South America, um, then I think maybe we'll have some like China and stuff like that normally go to South America in February anyway. Um, so maybe that will put some damper on it. But for the mean. Meanwhile, I think with the report, I think we can push a little bit higher on the beans. All right. Well, we'll see if we can take out the highs that we set back uh, middle of January with price action here in the near term. Want to transition here to a topic, Reed, that really we talk a lot about at CPA. And uh, let's just say that, you know, the market's providing opportunities, which it is both old and new crop. And today's the day you want to make a sale. Uh, how do you do that? How do you make the sale? There's a lot of different tools. Uh, available to producers out there. So Reed, how does how should a producer navigate that? How how can they understand all the different tools that are available to them when it comes to selling their bushels? Those are very good questions there, I guess, uh, Luke. I think uh, to start off that uh, the producer needs to contact us and uh, understand how the different contracts work and uh, make sure that they understand them. I don't care if they ask me 10 times how a contract works. I want to make sure that they understand it so they're uh, not getting into something that they don't understand. So if cash is what they like doing, then hey, what's your break even? And put in your open orders and uh, sell above your break even and make some money. That's good. If you'd like to um, sell a little bit ahead, um, you can use, you know, hedge drive. Uh, contract as well. So basically understand the contracts and use what you're comfortable with and always learning uh, something new. So there's a lot of tools in that tool chest, but learning how they work and uh, how you can benefit from, from that is uh, the main topic, I guess, the main thing to learn. Sure. A lot of tools that you tossed out there, Reed, uh, just as ideas, what's a tool that you like in our current environment right now? I like hedge derives um, mostly. And the reason why I like the hedge derives is because you have flexibility um, with those contracts. Um, you can set the basis at harvest time and deliver, or you can roll the contract and say, I want to deliver at a later date. So. Um, we're at good levels here. I'm even looking at the March 22 or the May 22 and seeing, hey, let's do a hedge drive on some bushels there. And uh, I think you're putting in a floor with the market and then minus the basis with that. But uh, you have some potential um, out there and these are good levels. So I'd like that versus a cash sale just because you have the flexibility if I want to roll it. Yeah, and a hedge to ride just by definition for any listeners wondering, uh, really a simple hedge is what it is. Uh, our futures price is locked in, our basis is open, uh, and you really can make uh, a basis decision independent of, of a futures decision. Futures price risk is greater risk to your operation than basis is. Uh, so we can break those two apart, manage them separately, and give you flexibility on when you deliver and where you take it to. So uh, good, uh, good tools available. Like you said, Reed, uh, the CVA folks that we have on staff are a great resource to help our people navigate through uh, which tool is appropriate in 
you know, this environment and others. Uh, so looking ahead, Reed, uh, as we close this thing down, you know, we just came off the February report that maybe didn't have as much juice in it that the bulls were hoping for. Um, we're kind of in that period where we're monitoring South American weather and waiting for acreage information from the USDA. What are three things that farmers should be thinking about here as we move through February? I think you should be uh, looking at your break even and looking for opportunities so that you can make some sales and then executing those sales. Because I see a lot of people are on the fence waiting, you know, what is this market going to do? And put in your order and know what your break even is and then actually doing it. That can be the hardest thing of all this, Reed, is having a plan, but just pulling the trigger and making it happen. Uh, that accountability is another thing that you and the rest of our team can certainly help people with. We'll read uh, a quieter report, and, uh, nothing crazy that we had to digest here today, uh, but thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're getting geared up for uh, an exciting spring and summer. These grain markets are going to remain volatile as we go forward. Uh, CVA is here to help you navigate that. Uh, that's going to do it for our February edition of the CVA Grain Exchange. Uh, be sure to join us a month from now as we dive into the March S&D numbers and see how South American harvest is progressing. Until then, stay safe, stay warm. Thanks for listening to the CVA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CVA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cvacoop.com grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month and until then, stay safe.